Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Well, all right, let's mix it up. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is exciting. I know. I don't I know. It's hardly fall. contain myself. It's harvest time. Oh, it's, it's crisp. It's crisp. Autumn. It's har- you're like it's autumn. It's harvest time. Oh, I didn't even look at the day. <laughs> it's tequila time. <laughs> we are drinking autumn harvest mezcal cocktails. Ooh, Jason, nice. what is a mezcal cocktail? What's mezcal? I don't even know. Oh, you know this. Oh my gosh, I'm a bad half Mexican. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't. Mezcal is it's a uh, drink, isn't it? It's a term that gets thrown around. It's but it's a uh, it's a liquor with agave a liquor. agave liquor. Yeah, that's right. So I look, mean tequila, right? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know of any other ones other well, than tequila. We, look, we did look this up. I remember now. There are other agave liquors, but tequila, obviously, you know, the most loved. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, down the road, Flat Rock Distillery. Yes, our friend Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He was on Moonshiners. Yes, right mm-hmm. on. Was it Discovery Channel? Yeah, and that I was the, that was the contest one where. So he was in a competition and he had to make mezcal. Ooh, and he was like, "Man, I've never made it before," and so I just had to do it on the show. There are lots of agave liquors. Lots. I'm I don't, looking them up right now. Uh, tequila definitely is the Oof. is the main one. Now right? I'm curious. I think we might have to explore this a little more. I'm for it. I like tequila. <laughs> I'm guessing that's the agave that I like. Right. Yeah. Well, well, and and like agave, we've had the agave nectar and cocktails oh yeah, before. Which that's how I like one of my favorite margaritas is with straight up agave. That's pretty sweet. It is. Yeah. It is. But I mean, I don't put a lot in there. Yeah. Well, it's all right. You know, you don't normally think of autumn or harvest when you think of tequila, tequila. or mezcal. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's just just me, you know, because I drink like margaritas and mm-hmm. sometimes just tequila by itself in the summertime. Yeah. But let's see. I think it might be good in the fall. I don't well, know. these ingredients have our attention. There's no doubt. Yes. Let's get into that. I guess we're, we're blown right past the small talk today, that's aren't right. we? Well, whatever. <laughs> the autumn harvest mezcal cocktail. This is another one that I found on OHLQ's website. That's nice. our Ohio Liquor Control. One of their many fall recipes. The one we had last week didn't make any sense to me why that was a fall recipe. And it was disgusting. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> this one, now it was a cool looking drink. We'll it say that nice. much. This one um, looks awesome though the, too. So. Yeah, this one I, I could imagine. I mean, this one makes sense why it's other than the tequila. It's screaming fall. So what we're drinking here has one and a half ounces of mezcal. So we use tequila. Tequila. Half an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice. Mm. You don't have a song for that? No. Okay. Half an <laughs> ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. Yes. Two ounces of apple cider. Now you got me. Yeah. Half an ounce of maple syrup. Mm. Mm. And we're going to garnish that with an apple slice and a cinnamon stick. See, you know, not all our listeners know. I mean, my affinity for the pumpkin spice. Yes. I mean, I love this. Yes. This is... All the spices in the pumpkin this, spice. Just hang on, because this will not be the pumpkiny, spiciest. Uh, I don't know drink that we drink. Uh, the lemon juice the has got me months. concerned, but we'll see. Let's, yeah, so you got the citrus and you got the tequila, but otherwise, it's it sounds fall and it looks fall. Let's give it a let's give it a try here, Jason. Cheers. Did you say cinnamon stick in there? Mm-hmm. I don't know that you said that. Did you? Mm-hmm. 
Huh. That's interesting. Oh, man. That's I, interesting. I like that a lot. That's pretty good. You know you're drinking tequila. Yeah. Oh, man. You know you got the, the that's apple gonna, cider that's in there That's sneaky right sure. there. There's an ounce and a half. Oh, man. You know, you know what, Jason? Actually, this what this Ooh. immediately reminds me of, because and maybe I didn't oh. say how we made this drink. So we combined all the ingredients minus the garnish in a cocktail shaker with ice. It's it cold. And strained it into a glass, like a martini glass or a cocktail glass. Uh, it's cold. However, did they say to make it with ice? Yes. Okay. I could see warming, warming this up this over the fire. Yeah. Sitting outside watching a football game, projecting a football game. Yeah. Have a big batch of this stuff. I think we might Ooh. have to put this in a, a mug and warm it up. You I know mean, what? And can you imagine throwing the cinnamon sticks in there while it simmers over the maybe fire? Maybe cloves. Ooh, Ooh. Now you're getting a little... Oh. Now you're getting greedy, Jason. Oh, well. <laughs> all those things I love so much. <laughs> this is really good. I like it. I think this would be a, a winner in most circles. Whether you're a cocktail fan... The alcohol is not screaming through. You definitely taste tequila, mm-hmm. but it's really, really smooth and there's it's not overly sweet i i was worried about the lemon juice um which i, I think it am. plays nice it does actually the lemon and the lime i think is yeah. what you're trying to but that's a i mean that's a tequila thing i get it yeah so. you know i wonder with with some of the drinks that we've had jason we've the lemon juice has taken over even even small amounts mm-hmm. like last week i wonder if there is something to do with the lime juice in there if it counters it well, even, um, it, you know, even the apple, I mean, that's a fruit there too. Like it's another way to maybe calm it down so much. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, this is really good. An I, this, drink. this is like a fall margarita. If you ask me, it is. Yeah. That's a good, that's actually a real better description. I, than I think autumn if, harvest if, mezcal. Yeah. If, if you like margaritas and, and I would say that you don't have to like cocktails yeah. like margaritas. No. I think that's a pretty popular drink and you just want to kind of spice it up with some fall ingredients. There you go. Right there it is, Jason. And a, I, a, a I will say this margarita. again. A lot of our uh, tequila drinks we have, don't skimp on your tequila. Like no. don't you you get the bottom shelf stuff, it'll it'll make you it'll real you. make you real angry. <laughs> so uh you know, since we said this is very reminiscent of a, a margarita mm. and could be a fall margarita, I really wonder what it would uh you know, if we had like some uh cinnamon sugar. What's that uh you know the cinnamon sugar and maybe some like ground nutmeg. Oh, or something. on the on the on, on the, on the on rim rim. Yeah, oh. like like you would salt a glass. Uh, what if for, you dipped your rim in maple syrup and then put? Oh wow, we have to try that. Oh yeah, we have to try that after. Okay, unless no, we better not. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we can pause and try that. No, let's we'll experiment with that. Off, yeah, off no, air. that sounds like a great idea. It really does. Don't forget that. I, I won't. I like. Trust that. me, I won't. I love cinnamon so much. <laughs> I put cinnamon it? in my coffee every day. You home. do every day at home. Oh. Yeah, love it. Interesting. Well, this is good. You mm. know, it's not good. Mm. Being blindsided by taxes. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> All right, okay, Jason. Yeah. Today, could blindside you or. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we are Gosh, talking we are about gluttons for punishment. We are, but this is this is really important. You're in capital gains distributions, Jason. Okay, so we are sitting at the lunch table, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, holy crap, this might actually really 
make a huge difference in some people's situations. <clears throat> this is a year as we get into the details, we'll, we'll kind of explain why, but this is the year that this really, I could see being a perfect storm for this kind of a situation, Jason. Yep, for um, sure. So I won't blow it as far as what the person, the perfect storm looks like, uh, yet, but yeah, it does have you wondering, you know, the good thing about this is a lot of these mutual fund companies are posting their expected capital gains distributions. Yep. However, it's not an exact science until it happens. It is. Um, but let, let's get into what we're talking about, Jason. So first of all, for our listeners out there who have tolerated <laughs> us talking about fall drinks so far uh, and are still with us, who does this affect, Jason? It's not IRA clients. It's not 401k folks. It's not Roth IRA clients. It's people with non-qualified money. Okay, so simply put. That's just regular cash. After tax money. After yeah. tax money. You could have it in a trust account, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> oh, yeah, boy. that's a whole nother, whole nother scenario. Corporate accounts, those kinds of accounts are the ones that are we're really talking about here. Yeah. And and the reason for that is, you know, your your qualified accounts, the IRAs, 401ks of the world, distributions can be made into the account, cause capital gains, and you don't pay any taxes on those on right. an annual basis. It doesn't matter because it's all coming out as ordinary income at one time. Correct. Or yeah. So, 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 you know, those are not the biggest concerns. So if all you have are qualified retirement accounts, just turn off the radio right now. I'm just kidding. You can listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would think that if all you have is qualified accounts, you'd like to get to the point where you have non-qualified. That's right. Too. So you need to know this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, when we say qualified, non-qualified, remember we're talking about retirement versus non-retirement right. um, in a nutshell. Okay. So who does it affect? Folks with non-retirement investment accounts. Correct. So let's talk about kind of the nuts and bolts a little bit, Jason, the mechanics sure. of all of this. So in, in this case, we're talking primarily mutual funds. That's the big one, right? Correct. Because when we're talking capital gains, let's be real simplistic here. If you buy stock in XYZ company and you paid $100 for that stock and two years down the road, it grew to $200 and you decide to sell it, you yep. have a $100 capital gain. Correct. It's a long-term capital gain. So you'll be taxed at long-term capital gains rates. Um, that's pretty simple because so, as an individual stockholder... Mm -hmm. You're in control of when you pay taxes on these types of gains, right? But let's talk about mutual funds. And by the way, we're not going to dog on mutual funds as far as an investment vehicle because they are appropriate for a lot of folks, sure, right? Definitely. Most people can't go out and build a really diversified individual stock portfolio, so they turn to mutual funds. Right. But this works a little bit differently, right, Jason? Absolutely. The mutual fund issues shares in their fund. Correct. They own the individual holdings. You own shares of the company. Correct. Right? Of the of the mutual fund. Of the fund, exactly. Right. right. So you got this big bucket of stocks mm -hmm. that a mutual fund manager is managing to an objective. Yes. Right. And they're throwing stocks in there and buying and selling mm -hmm. based on what they believe in, correct? Correct. We hope at least. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder about some of them these days. Well, they're filling the object. They're trying to meet or fill the objective of the fund. So if it's a growth fund, it's going to be growth oriented. And right. And, and generally, taxes are a secondary objective in a lot of those types of funds, oh, right? Right. I mean, almost managing always. tax bills. It, exactly. But this year, it is. It's going to be unique. It's, there's no doubt. So yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the mechanics here. So if you buy a mutual fund, mm -hmm. right? 
and you paid a hundred dollars for your share in the mutual fund and uh-huh. that that net asset value goes up to two hundred dollars mm-hmm. and you decide well i don't i don't want to sell this yet so i, I want to avoid my my capital gains that's not necessarily what's going to happen right because the mutual fund and the manager really is tasked with buying and selling stocks in that portfolio to Correct. achieve those objectives that we talked about yep and as they do that there are taxable events occurring inside that portfolio right so you may or may not sell but you're going to have a, a tax situation so by law yes okay. by law it, the mutual fund are required to make regular capital gains distributions to their shareholders. And by regular, typically that's annually, annually. Right? at least. Yeah. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be held to that standard. Mm-hmm. So if they sold a stock, made a profit, mm-hmm. they have to distribute some of that gain. Yes. Okay. Now you might say, oh, great. I made some money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay paying taxes as long yeah. as I made money. <laughs> I made some money. I put it in my pocket. Most people don't even realize that these distributions occurred mm-hmm. because most folks reinvest yeah. their distributions and dividends. Well, right? and what happens oftentimes because of that, Jason, they get a 1099 at tax time Yep, that shows that they made money in a mutual fund and they go, well, okay, I, I didn't sell anything, I guess. But hey, I also see that my cost basis is now higher, right? Yep. Because you paid taxes. So whenever someone goes to sell that mutual fund down the road, typically they're looking at their 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 capital gains when they sell out of the fund being mm-hmm. less than what they'd expect, right? Like they might might have started with ten thousand dollars in that fund and sold it for five thousand or a five thousand dollar gain from where they started, but along the way they'd paid uh, capital gains taxes through these distributions, right? So right. you get a you get a maybe you get a cost basis update when you go to sell and it says, oh, your cost basis was twelve thousand dollars. You mm-hmm. get to pay taxes on three. You go, well, hey, I bought the fund at 10. It says my cost basis yeah. is 12. How did that happen? Oh, right. Because of these distributions throughout, uh, throughout time. So not to bore everybody with all of that, <laughs> uh, but that is how you know you as an individual taxpayer, you have some control over when you pay capital gains. But let's talk about... And, and by the way, so one of the perks to this, by the way, is if you, Jason, if you uh, bought into a mutual fund mm-hmm. January 1, yep. and then you sold it in December... Sure. And you had gains. Yep. Right? So, so well, I, I should take that back. Let's say it's a year out, right? But there's something in there that the fund bought in July, mm-hmm. right? And there was a short-term gain there. All of those gains, you you get long-term, long-term treatment on yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's a little bit in the weeds on, you know, like the specifics of how they buy and sell. But, you know, I think this year, we're recording this. It's 2022. Well, let's set the stage for 2022. Okay. Because what happened leading in, up to 2022? <laughs> leading up to 2022, Jason, let's go back and look at some of the major market Tales events. Of you. <laughs> so we had the COVID crash yep. and then re- recovery, really. Uh, new highs pretty quickly after that, right? Yeah. And really, we've had a pretty long period. Yeah. Of time. Go back before COVID, right? right? Like, we're realistically, we're talking about gains and a lot of these funds. Could be 10 years old. Yeah, plus. Right. Right. So here's the scenario. So let's just, let's make assumptions. We have 10 years worth of gains. Okay. Mutual fund is at least 10 years old. Yep. Okay. So 10 years worth of gains and we enter into 2022 with our, we have 10 years worth of gains Mm -hmm. loaded up in in the fund. Yep. And then what happens this year? Well... We've had an extended period of selling. We woke up the bear. Right. <laughs> so 2022, no surprise at this point, 
now is that we have a negative market yeah. and we're down a lot. Well, okay. And we're bear, let's, bear market territory. And let's also talk. Yeah. Let's also talk about what people do that they shouldn't do when they're down, which is sell their mutual they funds. They sell. So people get real scared mm-hmm. and the retail investor especially yeah. runs for the hills and they redeem. They redeem their mutual fund shares and they get their money out. Yeah. So there you said it, right? Let's say that the even even if the stock values in that portfolio remain at a certain level, right? Yep. But everybody's just scared. There's negative sentiment and people start bailing on mutual mm-hmm. funds. They start selling. That mutual fund has to raise cash. Now they're sitting on cash for redemptions, of course, but probably not go, enough. Right. When you go through a period like we've gone through where we've been, let's, you know, for the better part of the year coming, well, when did we hit bear market territory? Close to six months. Yeah. Right. So you got people selling. Yep. You got people taking cash out of the funds. Yep. The fund is required to sell positions that have Yeah. What do you what do you do term. when you're out of cash? You start selling you start you selling sell. stuff because you have yeah. to meet redemptions. Well, right? and they're required to maintain cash levels. I mean, it's right. not like, you know, they can spend their savings account and ride it, you know, ride the the line. They have yeah. to refill that bucket and then be ready for more redemptions if they come in. So let's think about it this way, right? The market's down this year. And we've given up. So we gave up all of the gains that we had at the beginning of the year, of course. Sure. If you go back, you know, even over the last couple of years, wiped mm-hmm. out a good amount of those gains too. Yep. But if this mutual fund, let's say, is holding on to gains that are 10, 12, 15 years old, mm-hmm. those gains are still, po- they're still in positive territory. Correct. So they're selling winners to meet redemptions. Right. Okay. So let's say mutual fund investor got in the market this time last year. And they've waited a year to sell, and now they've had enough. They throw in the towel, they sell. They've never made money in this fund. Never made money. But we're selling well, companies in that portfolio where the fund is showing gains, right? Correct. Who so gets to pay so taxes? Are you, you're saying this investor has held on, yeah. is still in the fund, yeah. and come January 1, he still owns the fund. Yes. Okay. Hasn't made a dime mm-hmm. in the fund. In fact, has lost money. In fact, has lost, you know, let's just say 20% this year. Mm -hmm. But because the fund had to meet redemptions, they sold some of their winners, Mm -hmm. which created a capital gain, okay, which he now has the privilege of paying taxes on. Even though he, let's call him Jim. (laughs) Even though Jimmy boy lost some money in the market. He never took part in the winnings, right? Never took part. Okay, so never never took part of any of the gains. Now he gets to foot some of the bill for the taxes. Correct. Yeah, so I was... This is the perfect storm we're talking about, by the way. So we get the double whammy, right, Jason? Market's down, sentiment's down, people Mm -hmm. are negative. People are... We're starting to hear people grumble about the economy. Yep. And if they don't look into this stuff, or more importantly, their advisor doesn't tell them, hey, we have a situation. Right, right. (laughs) Tax time rolls around and they get the other kick in the pants. Right. Not only did you lose money last year and you probably, you know, maybe you bailed even uh, on the investment. Now you get to pay taxes on gains that you didn't take part in. Correct. Yeah. And so there are some really important points here that, you know, I think you, you hit a good one. Most of the time, this is a surprise. Yes. Okay. Why is it a surprise, Jason? <laughs> well, because nobody talks about it. So if you, honestly, if you own any mutual fund right now, okay, mm-hmm. there should be some research being done around what 
are the planned distributions. And so what's the record date, the distribution date, when are they actually going to do some of this stuff? Yep. Because making an exchange into something different might actually cause you to avoid yeah. this distribution and the heartache of a surprise. So so you said it right there, exchange. We are not advocating to bail on your positions no, now. Not at this all. is a bad time to sell. So yeah, but exchanging into something else, right, where you, you can take a little bit of control over your situation and take some of these capital losses that you have Correct. that maybe offset some other gains. But yeah, if you're holding at that at, at that dividend date, at that gains distribution date, you're holding the bag. Now, here's the thing. Nobody should be surprised because these mutual fund companies about this time of year start reporting or estimating right. how much they're going to be paying out in these these gains. Right? I just was reading a whole bunch of them and they're significant as a percentage of their price mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like 20% of the that's share big. price. That that's is a big. huge number. So if you have a mutual fund that's at 20 or $100 a share, they're going to give you a distribution of $20. Okay. Yep. That, and you, you got to think that's, and you might not, you might not have seen that in your share price or in your principal. Well, and <laughs> in the let's uptick, just take a practical from case. a tax standpoint, you get to claim that. Yeah. So let's say you, owe you have $10,000 worth of that mutual mm-hmm. fund, right? It's going to distribute $2,000 in capital gains to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you pay 10, 15 or 20% of that, I mean, we're talking Four hundred dollars. Yeah, and you in a lost year that you lost money. So you might have started with ten, and you might have eight now. You yeah, know? And, and let's be realistic, Jason. We're not talking about this being a huge problem for someone who has ten thousand dollars in a mutual fund. But what about someone who has two hundred thousand? Right, five hundred thousand, five hundred, a million. Right, we're talking about a big issue here. Right. So if you have a portfolio that's loaded up with mutual funds, you know, again, I think there's some homework here, and this is like. I think rare, do we rarely say like, you know, sound the alarm. It's time to take a look at this. And I think even to a certain degree, this kind of caught us off guard. You know, we um, were, I mean, we were thinking about I mean, it. There, there was talk about this last year even. So to be clear, you know, as advisors, we mostly use ETFs. Some ETFs have distributions. I yeah. don't want to get in the weeds of that. Not very often. But, but not, not as much as a mutual fund would. Right. And will well, year. and like you said, they're mandated to make these distributions, and maybe that's a good podcast: mutual funds versus ETFs. Yeah. If you like that boring yeah, we, stuff, <laughs> we <laughs> but yeah, love it. <laughs> this, this is one of the reasons that we primarily use ETFs in our portfolio, and that'll be one of the things that we get into when we talk about avoiding these types of things. Actually, right? But yeah, this could be a real perfect storm, a real catch you off guard kind of a situation. You know, this is where I think as advisors we can really add value because look, here's the deal: just being honest, this year's been a tough year. Right. Uh, this is this is the perfect storm year. I'm going to throw that term out again where I've, I've told clients for a few years now, be prepared. There will be a time when we probably will lose money in stocks and bonds. Mm-hmm. Be ready for it. Right. Okay. So we're in that situation where bonds didn't counteract the risk that we were holding in stocks. We're down. Everybody's down. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, well, we, we know we charge a fee. Says, right. We still manage money. We still charge a fee. Do, you know, do you really want the triple whammy on top of that, we lost money, you paid a fee, and now you get to pay taxes. Right. Right. Ways that we can add value as an advisor, I think, is, hey, it's October. Right? You got time to think about this. You got time to look at this. You got Talk time to your financial to be, advisor. You can be off the record for this distribution. Yeah. Because, again, like you could, seriously, you could buy $100,000 of a mutual fund. 
today. Yeah. And they announce their record date is November 20 whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, 7th. If you own that mutual fund on November 27th, you're getting the capital gains. And right. you owned it for like less than a month. And so, let's not forget the fact that the net asset value price, the price, price that you track that with, right? Also gets it to go down. comes right, right off the top of that, right? <laughs> Similar to a dividend and a stock. But Yeah. I, um, I think one last point here that I think is really important. We've covered most of this other stuff is the tax loss harvesting. Well, or, hold on, because we'll get into that, actually. Okay. Uh, the I guess the, the last thing I was going to say about... Oh, another last thing. Yeah. Well, yeah the last thing I was going <laughs> to say about adding value and what you can do now because it's October. Like if, if this podcast came out in December, or if you're mm-hmm. listening to this in December, sorry, <laughs> there's time to do something about it. And I'm telling you, like we've been saying all year, this is a great time to get your financial advisor and your tax person talking to each other. Yeah, that is a good point. For lots of That's reasons. That's a really good point. So this is at heart a tax issue, near to my heart. Of course. Let's let's shift gears, Jason, because what we were j- going to jump into here is what can you do to avoid this stuff? Right. Right. So we've we alluded to of some these. of them. Yeah. I, I think one, be aware, which is what we're trying to do right now is make people aware. Right. And this is something, guys, that don't put this on your to-do list to never be forgotten, like to be forgotten about. Yeah. You, it, It's like in the next month, you need to be really digging into this because it's going to happen pretty quick. Yeah. So, and not only be aware that these things are going to happen, you know, go check out if you have a mutual fund, all of them and Uh see what their projected distributions are going to be. Now it's just projected because if selling would continue and they need to meet more redemptions, it could be higher, Uh, but it should give you a pretty fair idea of where you're going to be. So start planning now, start talking to your advisor, your tax person Mm -hmm. now, right? And, And you were just talking about this a minute ago, but when you purchase, when you purchase, look into these things, right? Because you might be sitting back saying, hey, you know what? I've, I've got a, a bunch in cash right now. The market's selling off. This could be a time to get in. Hey, it absolutely could be a good time right. to get in. Just make sure you're not stepping into a bear trap here. Right, exactly. Right, and you own, you own, a, com- or own a mutual fund for a week, and then you get to pay a big capital gains tax on a distribution, exactly. right? Exactly. So be exactly. aware when you're purchasing. And also, <laughs> this is not just an end of the year kind of a thing. I was checking up on a fund for a client a little bit ago who merged th- this mutual fund family, merged with another family. They paid some of their distributions at that point to kind of even it out with uh, mm. the different shareholders of the different fund families. Yeah, yep. So some of them will pay multiple distributions throughout the year and some of them are, are just uh, you know off the wall, one-off type of situations. But right. you got to be aware when you're buying a mutual fund that this is a thing. Exactly. Right? In, a, in a year where it's amplified, you know, a down year where the selling is, is occurring, right? Exactly. The next thing I have on here, Jason, looking at turnover on funds. This information is out there. All over the place. Morningstar is a great research uh, re- resource. Every um, every fund company has it on their website too. I mean, if you look at you know Vanguard, you can see the turnover of those funds. So, Jason, um, when we're talking about turnover, how much buying and selling is this fund doing? Okay, so if they're if you have you know ten thousand dollars in a fund, if you trade a hundred percent of the fund in thirty days, you would have traded ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars, right? So there's going to be some taxable, there's going to be some taxable events, <laughs> probably short terms. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. but some funds do trade 500% in mm-hmm. a year. They turn the thing over all the time, which is going to create yeah. significant tax situations. And, and look, that's not horrible. We have no, some, we have no. some high turnover well, ETFs, sure. but the, Absolutely. The, the benefit should outweigh the, the negative here. Right. When you talk about turnover, so like funds that don't have as much turnover, typically like an index fund, a more mm-hmm. passively managed mutual fund. 
typically. So yeah, turnover is a big one because turnover to you should mean higher likelihood of paying taxes. I'm going to let you talk about this one because I kind of stopped you in your tracks, but uh, tax loss harvesting. Right. So, I mean, we have an opportunity right now where you can offset some of these capital gains by selling some losses. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I think people get confused that it's only 3000 a year. You can offset a lot of gains. You can only claim 3000 worth of losses above and beyond above and beyond. So if you have a hundred thousand dollar gain and a hundred thousand dollar loss, they can offset each other. If, if you, you do, by the way, do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this would be a now. great year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's an important point. But in that same vein, you could also just change the funds around a little bit and avoid the distribution. Right. Change from a mutual fund to an ETF. You could do that. Yeah. And that's actually that's the last point that I had on here using ETFs because traditionally speaking. They're not mandated to do these distributions and the, the way that they're traded, that, uh, this is good for another episode, I think, um, but you're just not going to run into this typically with right. ETFs. Right? Exactly. And we we had a conversation with a, a guy who has worked in the mutual fund business for his whole career and he's mm-hmm. saying if, if these funds don't get moving to, to ETFs, right, there's, there's going to be a day where they're just they're resting yeah. on their laurels. Basically, yeah. it's not good. So yeah, I, I think this is a really good and timely episode. Yeah. I think that the, the moral of the story is be aware and don't be afraid now in October yeah. to get your financial advisor and your tax person on the same page because you don't, you don't want to be caught up in the perfect storm. You need to share this with your friends and family because this is an important one. Absolutely. Yeah. Give us five stars. Whatever <laughs> that too. <laughs> we don't ask for Thumbs that up. very often. Yeah. yeah rate, share rate our This podcast. is important. This is important. <laughs> but yeah. M- m- like you said, and this kind of gets into our disclosure, someone you love or someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. That's right. If you know someone who owns mutual funds, they need to hear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> friends don't let friends own mutual funds. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy, that's right. All oh, right. Well, gosh. thanks for having a drink with our us sponsors. <laughs> it's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. I have lots of gains in my waist right now. You know that? (laughs) Is there any way to do a loss (laughs) harvest on that? (laughs) I don't know.